Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello. That's my kind of slightly croaky throat. Forgive me for that, listeners, but yes, hi. How's it going? Good. Good, good, good. And uh, what are we doing this week, Trevor? Oh, click pitch. Click pitch? All right. Click into pitch. For, for a change. For a change. Let's do some click pitch for a change. You want to tell our listening audience? Well, I was going to say, should we do continuous click pitch? Oh, I suppose we can give it a go. So, why don't you tell our li- listening audience what continuous click pitch is? Okay. So, regular old click pitch is where we have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we each get a random word, say it out loud, jam them together into a game design. Uh, what we add with continuous click pitch is we then take an element that we decide from the previous game and bring that into the next game. So we sort of just, you know, continue a thread throughout the whole episode between other games. Mm-hmm. So uh, Very loose thread. Yeah, it was very much yeah, If so. you pull on it too hard, it's going to unravel the whole thing. So please don't pull. Definitely. Don't do not do that. You'll just end up with a, uh, a pile of podcast thread on the floor and nobody wants that. No. Three, two, one, click. Mm -hmm. Inoculation. Story. And from the previous thing that we were just talking about, I think thread. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Sure. Uh, Okay. I wonder if this is a world where you can be inoculated against fiction. (laughs) Inoculated against fake news. <laughs> <laughs> if only. I mean, I guess it could just be story. Story could just mean we're going down some narrative route, or that some sort of framing device around a story book, or a somebody telling a story. Yep. Gather around, children, and come and listen to the first about the first time I was inoculated against polio. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of maybe a journalist um, pulling a couple of threads from from like some idea, um, like from some of his sources, um, mm-hmm. different different people as he as he talks down through through like his his informants or his um, his sources, he finds out about some um, well story that's happening around. Um, Inoculations and that sort of stuff, like this brand new vaccine that's just come out, um, and maybe a sinister sort of um, twist on. Or you play a story wizard, and you're literally writing stories from physical thread in some way. <laughs> no, okay, we can go with your idea. Some sort of conspiracy thing, and so do you play the reporter? I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think playing the reporter is, is probably a logical place to, to go from. I kind of like the idea that it's, it's sort of like you're following up on a couple of different, um, tips that you've, that you've got on like a hotline or something like that. Uh, and so talking to these people, you, you're just trying to look for your next story that you're going to write. And then as, as you go down and you, you start being able to connect some of these threads together of, of what these people have actually said, you, you notice that, the, that there's, like, this one company that keeps on coming up. Can can we bring 
the thread thing into it in a in a visual way. Perhaps this person is a spider. Is no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say perhaps this person is is into sewing. No, well, it could just be that like. But but now I really now I really want to play an anthropomorphic spider in this like world in which you're a spider that sort of you know right, crawl well, up walls and stuff like fine. that and you you're a, you're a um your uh online journal or online blog or whatever is called like web of lies or something like that and you're in a, <laughs> you're a physical spider and so okay. you're no, always that's fine. they can be a spider yeah what I was thinking about with the, with the threads though is like. In any investigation, you've always got, like, your board with all the threads connecting things together, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, th- I feel like we use the, that- The difference and, is and that you use one of your eight legs to, like, pull the thread out of your butt and-, and Well, you exactly. Know, you you can sort of run it through, like- um, It's your own personal you know, thread. Yeah. Yeah, it's your own personal thread and you can colour it red. Yeah, um, you've got a little colourizer. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, the different- The way I was thinking of bringing it in visually is that each thread, each sort of um, lead is a different colour, and so you can kind of, like, then they start, like, twisting around each other and stuff as you as you connect things with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just- I was thinking of some cool visuals around, like, as these different story threads come together, they- yeah, they combine, and you, it, it gives you an indication of, yeah, like, how how- uh, close you are or something so for this for this spider um reporter i'm thinking that the, that the whole world is is you know this um anthropomorphized world which you know animals have have come to come to exist oh it's not just one like mutated spider hiding in the shadows <laughs> as, as <laughs> kind of like the idea of trying to bring it's it's a single um, man spider instead of Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like I'm loving the idea of them like bringing like being the deep throat for someone else, and it's just like in the shadows, this eight legged thing. Yeah, you kind of you kind of look, um, you see a a silhouette, and it's like as you're looking down, you see two arms, and then two arms, and then two arms, and it's like, hang on, yeah, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, all, like all coming out of the trench coat. Yep. Uh, well, well, maybe. Okay, maybe. As part of the inoculation thing, what it is is that this child, this spider, bit a child directly after they were inoculated with something, and this is what happened. Like they were just a regular old spider. Yep. And and that's how they know that there's something dodgy going on with inoculations, and they're trying to track down what it was and where this kid is and what happened to them. And then, and then you hear about the, this mysterious, like, spider superhero. Oh, it's, unrelated. it's like- <laughs> un- It's unrelated. It's not- It's uh, unrelated to the, uh, you know, famous spider superhero universe. Yep. Um, what, what what I kind of like is that- Arachna boy. You, you actually find out that- um, No, no, no. Your, all your venom, you pumped so much into this kid that he died. And yeah, you've got to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you- But you got the- Yeah, okay. <laughs> Were other kids inoculated with this stuff, though? Yeah, I'm not sure. Or does it only affect spiders? Like, or is it just maybe, that maybe the inoculation is actually from spider DNA or something like that? So you you actually think that you know you your um you came to be from from this kid getting an injection and you turn into a spider, but it turns out that nope, 
you you happen to be nearby. Um, oh, the kid you- the kid died, but then somehow the the memories got got transferred across. No, what I was thinking is the big reveal is you are the kid, like you merged with the kid. The kid and the spider merged together somehow. Ah, the fly. <laughs> yeah, kind of the fly kind of situation, like this this inoculation, this 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 uh, compound, ba- uh, you know bound their DNA together, the DNA of the child and the spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they woke up the next day, but they only had the spider's memories. <laughs> uh, and it, 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 but just because but how big is the this- spider? Is it like a man spider? Yeah, I think it's man spider. I think it's man spider. Um, cartoonish sort of world, so it's not a scary, you know, huge spider. No, it's not more- like big, hairy- Creepy, non, you know, it's got a humanoid. It's like a it's cartoon like a, spider with a big smile and, you know, just a single like two eyes sort of thing. Um, on the front of the spider. But, but wearing like a fedora <laughs> and a trench coat. Yeah, exactly. With hastily sewn on arms. <laughs> oh, onto the trench coat. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> like patches everywhere. Um, okay, so I'm thinking that the company that actually did this- they weren't licensed for, like, human testing at the time. And they've gone on since to, like, make all these other enhancements for, for bodies and all this sort of stuff. Okay. You know, they sort of got out of the um, out of the inoculation sort of business and went into body modification instead. Well, I feel like maybe this was a... Yeah, this was a shifty way for them to do human testing. Yeah. They're like... We're giving out free flu shots because we're an ethical company, an ethical drug company. Oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> but what they're actually doing is, you know, select individuals would, would get this- uh, Placebo. This, their and their the own others. drugs. Yep. Yeah. Like in, in there instead. Um, and then they'd basically like track them down and follow the results and see if they died or not. So, it's it's super evil. Yeah. But uh, but as a result of that, yeah, this was like maybe it took a while for this metamorphosis to happen. So it's been a year or two. Even the spider has has no memory of the past couple of years, except you know since that day. The last thing it knows, it, it like it bit this child and 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 scuttled off. But now this company is like this huge, hugely successful thing with yeah, they like body mod drugs and yeah. I'm thinking, you know, it's like 20 years later sort of thing. So, you've you've gradually pieced your, right. pieced your life together and, you know, it was around the time that- I'm just trying to think whether, whether this company is actually being picked out for, for having done, you know, some dodgy shit or whether they just got away with it because they- No, I think they, they got away it. with it. Yeah. Yeah. They stay- well, That's it. Once their first few, you know- actual body mod drugs got off the ground, you know, on the back of this illegal human testing, uh, they became hugely successful. They didn't really need to do it anymore. They shelved that whole program. So, how many other anthropomorphic animals are there in this world? I think there's got to be a few. Otherwise, people wouldn't want to talk- wouldn't want to talk to, like, a human spider. No, I don't think there are any. I think that's part of the challenge. So, you do have to, like, hide in shadows- and be and deep and deep throat everything. Oh, but I kind of want this to be like. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> want this to be similar to the Happy Time oh, Murders. Oh, I see. You know, where where sort of like at one point in history, like there's all these sort of anthropomorphic. Oh, okay. Animals. Well, what it is then is these body mod drugs they've been selling are literally to bind animal DNA with humans. Okay. Yep. 
Right. So you and got so like Shark Boy and and yeah. So you've just got all these mostly humans with with animal parts, but you're mostly a spider. And everyone's like, whoa, like, you've gone all out. Like, where did you get that one? I haven't seen that on the market. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Why does that girl over there have a lobster claw? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea that the, the first sort of people that you that you talk to, the, the first part of the game could almost be in, um, be in first person so that you don't quite know what, <laughs> what you look like. And there's like a reveal right. at the end of, end of the prologue. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Like you're talking, you're talking to three or four different people, and they're, they're all sort of like caught staring at you. And it's like, what? What's the matter? And it's like, oh, no, nothing. Uh, yeah. So I, I used to work for this company, and then that company comes up again, and and basically you you can track it back to this company is involved in something nefarious because all these people yeah. who had these modifications all go back to this company, yeah. and um, you know they. They all remember getting inoculations or something like that from this from this company, and that's where it sort of starts. Well, and I think I think you've got a memory of of like the boy's name, and you're like, okay, well, this is my lead. You know, this is my major lead. I've got to find out what happened to this boy, and you track it back, and you find out, you know, boy disappears after inoculation or whatever. But then you track down the inoculations and you're like, they were provided by this company. And yeah, that matches up to people you've spoken to. Uh, and, and yeah, that that's sort of- the They're like you, a subsidiary of down. this, of, you know, inoculation. Yeah, there's like shell companies yeah. and stuff. And you, you manage to sort of sort all that out. Um, inocular I, core I like or something so like that. <laughs> in the prologue, what was that? Inocular core. <laughs> inocular core. <laughs> In the in the prologue, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of bringing back. I think we talked about this last week in a completely separate context. Of like, at one point, there's just a third hand in your first person view, like just really <laughs> subtly, uh, and you're just like, "Wait, what does that?" Oh, it's nothing. Because I'm picturing this this spider, this humanoid spider, to have like human hands on the end yep. of its huge legs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, and you see the trench coat sort of thing, but then. At one point, it slips down, and you see like a hairy, not human yeah. arm. Yeah, like those kind of big, big, gross hairs. Um, and then, and then at the end, you have the touching scene with the like reunited with your parents after you figure out that you are this child, <laughs> and they have to like embrace this giant, gross spider creature. <laughs> 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 so, they're hugging um, in like and like dry retching at the same time yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh I missed you so much I missed you so much son I love, love you <laughs> why do you why are you so fucking disgusting <laughs> <laughs> what's that smell alright and click god what are we <laughs> what are we bringing in from that game bad smells Hang on. Uh, reconciliation with your parents. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. Not sure. Let's have a listen to the words and then we'll then we'll choose what we'll bring in. All right. All right. That's cheating, I think. But anyway. <laughs> okay. So you want to click? Yep. Settle. Harp. Settle, harp, and reunited with parents. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so immediately I I'm picturing that this is 
your character has just died and has gone to heaven. Yep. That makes sense for the harp. Got a classic angel on a cloud. Here's a harp and, and you know, the first person they meet at, at the gates- Is their harp tutor. Is, no, I'm thinking their, their parents. <laughs> so, their parents are actually at the gates and, and basically saying, I'm thinking something around, like, you weren't supposed to die yet. But um, yeah. due to, due to an arrangement that you've sort of uh, they've sort of come to for them to get into into heaven, you need to go back and settle their account. Okay. Oh, this could go well with what I was thinking because I had this image of yeah, you get to the gates, the first person you see, first people you see there are your parents, and you go, uh, "Why are you here? You're not dead." And it turns out there's like some sort of imposters down on earth. Yeah. Who killed your parents and took their place. Yeah, so- And that's part of what has to be settled as this, yeah. like- uh, I was just thinking the the idea of, you know, to in order for your, your for your actual parents to get into heaven, you know, there's certain things that need to be done on earth, and they've sort of twisted right. things to, to get you to come up to heaven so they can get you back down there with, with like, a message of, here is what you need to do in order for us to get into, into heaven, and it's some bad okay. shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the idea that heaven is totally not infallible. There are all these loopholes and, like, back, you know, backdoor deals going on. And, yeah, it's actually totally, pre- you know, if you know the right people and can, can you know, silver the right palms, then you can totally just get someone killed and then brought up and then sent back with a message, you know, like, send messages back and forth. So, I think that happens, you know, they, they sort of- they send you back, and then all of a sudden you wake up in an ambulance, and it's like, oh, thought we lost you, and like that's sort of where where this whole thing starts. And now, you, now you're up against, you know, maybe they're they're saying that you need to find this at our place, and then you know do something about the imposters that have that have taken over our life. Um, yeah. The twist being that they're actually imposters up in heaven that that have <laughs> tricked you into. Into doing some bad shit because- Into killing your own parents or, yep. like, damning them to hell or something. Yeah. And okay. I kind of like the idea that, you know, it's sort of like that um, that Bioshock twist kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and again, like, you'll see an animal and their eyes all sort of glaze over and then all of a sudden they'll start talking to you as the parents- you know, sort of saying, right. right. Now you, now you can go do this. And it's sort of like you, you start realizing that it's not quite right what they're asking you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the types of animals they take over are really suspect as well. Yeah. It's like ravens and centipedes Thanks. and <laughs> toads. <laughs> yeah. There was an That's eagle, cool. but it looked evil. <laughs> <laughs> there was an eagle, but it was a prick. <laughs> and then went and, and killed a dove. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of like this this idea of of like this this game. Yeah, where- yeah, that's a good setup. What's the uh, what sort of game are we thinking? I'm thinking some sort of first person. Okay, sort of not necessarily like a walking simulator as such, but kind of like a cross between a walking simulator with some first person elements, as in first person shooter elements. All right. Yeah, so maybe like 
a bit more, there are some action-ish scenes, but it's not like, it's not an FPS in like, you've got a backpack full of weapons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, there, there's, you know, a, a possibility that throughout this, this one part that yes, you are going to have like a, a melee weapon or you're going to have like a pistol, but, but it yeah, only has like exactly. seven bullets. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's for a dramatic, but like it, when you use these things, it's, you know, it, it's when the situation calls for it. I'm kind of forgetting a bit of a, what was the, uh, the pitch black game? Was it pitch black or was it the Chronicles? The Chronicles, yeah, Chronicles of Riddick game. Of Riddick, yep. Yeah. Just where you had a bit of like, you know, first person combat. And I think it went to, to a bit more sort of FPS ish stuff later on, but particularly those early levels where you're around the prison and stuff. Uh, you know, it's mostly puzzle solving and, and exposition in first person, but you've got some, you know, some brawling and some, some melee combat yeah. and stuff. I kind of like the idea that your parents are uh, almost like the um, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates sort of philanthropists sort of thing. Like they're, right. they're really quite rich. So you've got a sprawling estate that you can sort of go through when you, when you finally get there. Yeah, I like it being fairly open. And and you know while you're there you you're trying to sort of almost do a hitman esque sort of accident, so you know that you're you you're going through trying to set up some traps and that sort of stuff, just because I, I think that works quite well with the with the um the slowness that you you obviously don't yeah. want to have it that yep you can go in with it with a gun and just sort of do that. <laughs> I like that if you pick up the well, gun. Well, no, they've got security and stuff, right? Like- oh yeah. It has to seem like an accident. But I, I like that if you pick up a gun, like, there's an animal that comes in and goes, well, you can't just shoot them. Because right. it has to right. look like an Yeah, I like, actually, I like that idea that in most locations there are animals around or they will appear, like, that it's actually a fairly constant kind of background uh, banter. Yeah, they're kind of like the angel and demon on your shoulder sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That could be really Yeah, that's good, because cool. that could give you some real interesting guidance and some funny, you know, dialogue and- and you never know where it's going to come from. Yep. So, you're like, yeah, you're like searching through files because, you know, these demons have told you that all this wealth is ill-gotten gains by demons who have who have taken over your parents. The imposters have told you this. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're like searching through their files. And you're trying to find evidence of it. And, yeah, as you're searching, this like rat comes out of a hole in the wall. It's like, no, you're looking in the wrong place, buddy. <laughs> what are you doing looking like, there? Someone's coming. <laughs> You're taking too long. I'll, I'll be on the lookout. Take that gun. <laughs> Don't use it. Take, take that gun. Take that gun. Whispering in your ear. And then you find out it's like, it's a, it's an ant on your shoulder. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like that. That's, that's really interesting. And then, yeah, you, you obviously, you don't find it, any evidence of this and maybe you start getting suspicious. But of course, yeah, you've got all these fucking random creepy animals telling you <laughs> what to do and you don't know whether to trust them or not. Uh, and you could have some really interesting, like tense moments in that first person perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, and how do, claustrophobic you know, it feels. I mean, yeah. if you've played um, Resident Evil 7, you know how claustrophobic a first person in a house can actually be. Like, it's it's certainly not a not yeah. a fun thing. And, and especially when you think that your parents are actually imposters, you know, and- Well, that's know, it. You, you can you really bring in some creepy elements. Um, you're looking in the fridge for something, you close it, and then you look to the side, and there's your dad just standing there, and <laughs> he just doesn't yeah, look yeah. quite right. Yeah, but but again, like that's only because of what you've been told. He was actually 
he's actually just an alcoholic and he was getting a you know some vodka. Yeah. Uh, but and, and he looks a bit off because you know he's just mostly drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I love that idea that. You've been, you know, you've, you, you, they've poisoned the well. You now think your parents are, are demons. Yeah. And so every little thing you're going to pass off as that. Yeah. yeah and that's really oh, cool. It's, and especially that, in that first person view, it, it's just, you know, I, I did like how every now and again in Resident Evil 7, like it would take over and do, and do it, do something. Yeah. To then yeah. show you sort of like from the first person perspective that look, this is kind of like a a movie sort of thing. You've we've, you've gone to look in here. Now we'll take over the camera just for a second, show you what we want to do, and now you know you're back in control again. Yeah, exactly. It's how it's, seamless that felt. Like I remember it's watching quite good. It, and, and compared to like the Half Life Two kind of, you know, they very purposefully didn't take um, control away from yeah. you, which is fine for for that for that. But I I agree that. That when done right, it can be it can be very powerful and make you feel and can be very immersive. Like I remember watching a speed run of Resident Evil Seven, and it's like you don't even know where they're taking control and where they're not. Because mm. as much as I've played the game, I haven't actually played it to the point that I know every single thing that is scripted and what isn't scripted. And it's like, oh, of course, it just looks so seamless when when you see something like that. It's um. It could really well work well in in this sort of game and and mm. hold that um that terror thing. So how does nicely. this end? Um, well, I think I think you've got two endings sort of thing. Yeah, uh, you've got one where you know you you don't take the clues that you've sort of been given throughout, and you end up killing your parents, and then it actually then goes to show that the imposters reach breach heavens. Um, you know, sanctity and and end up, you know, like destroying and corrupting heaven. corrupting heaven and yeah, dooming e- everyone to basically all go, of go to mm-hmm. go to the bad place, or that you don't do the um, <laughs> you you obviously you know end up either either um, not necessarily killing yourself, but you know, working out a way that you can you can take out or you can almost do nothing, and it's sort of like the neutral ending. Or you can, you can. Yeah, do I think in the neutral to- ending, you, you know, obviously in in all the endings, it's revealed that actually no, these are your parents on Earth. Yeah. The neutral ending is is yeah that you haven't done anything specific to thwart the demons, and so. But you also haven't killed your parents, so you sort of you in haven't a happy killed your parents. So yeah, they're still alive, but but the, the imposters are, are now going after someone else, and they're going to try and yeah. do the th- same thing again. Well, they, and they just like I think the I think the epilogue is just yeah they succeeded and now you're you and you're with your parents that's fantastic but it's hell on earth yeah <laughs> and then the the final good ending is is maybe some sort of electric shock that sends you up to up to heaven again to have a final battle sort of thing oh yeah you do the whole like you know kill me for for two minutes and then resuscitate me yeah through through that. some sort of um you know conversational thing that you can have with your parents sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. If I come back in five minutes, just wait longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I like that uh, that narrative hook and, and the couple of twists and turns in there. Yeah. That's cool. always fun. And, and then, yeah, the whole, plus I love the whole claustrophobic first-person puzzle. And, and the, hor- the horror that you can sort of go down 
like the root. Yeah, shot. look, I don't think I'd want to go too far on the real. Like, yeah, it's more of a thriller horror. sort of thing. It's a three. Yeah, it's a thriller exactly. Yeah, I it's love not gore thrillers. Stuff. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't seen a good thriller for ages. Movie or game? Either. Mm. Um, <laughs> it actually makes me really want to go back and and play all the way through what remains of Finch because mm. that's kind of mm. thrillery. That was good. Yeah, haven't actually played anything more than sort of like just two seconds of it. <laughs> I sort of installed it and then just didn't play it. Yeah, bounced off it. It happens. Yep, it happens. All right, three to one click. Three to one click. And uh, what are we taking from the previous a game? Your choice this time. I chose last time. Fair enough. Alcoholism. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Okay. And my word is litigation. <laughs> and my word is soul. S-O-L-E, not S-O-U-L. <laughs> Good. Because otherwise it's the same game almost. Uh, or at least would have been in the same universe. Okay. So, you're a fish or a, or a cobbler. Yeah. I was thinking cobbler <laughs> Where'd fish come from? <laughs> soul, soul is a type of fish. Is it? Yeah. Okay, it's a fish litigator. <laughs> An alcoholic <laughs> fish litigator. <laughs> An alco- alcoholic fish litigator. I got like Okay, his- that's actually a pretty good character. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, as as when we do anthropomorphic animals, are they the only one? <laughs> no. <laughs> they just a fish in a bowl. <laughs> At the stand. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. So, this is a- Let's think of the world. Is this a Zootopia style? Everyone, in, all the animals, like, live together and get along? Okay, it's a, a Zootopia style- kinda- It's a Zootopia style, you know, land, but- all the all the fish folk under the sea don't know anything about under the sea. Um, people who under who are up above, like the, as, okay. as far as they're concerned, there's nothing but sea. Like right, they okay. They know that there's a there's a world above, but um, so th- is this a literal fish out of water story? Then <laughs> does this fish just like find they find this whole new land of? I I, th- I think maybe. As part of the litigation and that sort of stuff, and and the case, the cases that they're going over, like there can be some ideas that are being thrown around that there's more to um, there's more to the world than just water, and and okay. maybe in the in like the third act, then you know you can be introduced to the wider world. Is it so? Is it that these these fish have never met amphibians? Um, <laughs> I think I think like. I think a judge this is like in this is, is like this old turtle. So, they sort of know about the idea of amphibious life. But as far as they're, they're concerned, you know, they stay away from from all sorts of life up there because too many people get taken when they go. That's fine, except I really wanted the lawyer on the other side to be a litter gator. A literal gator. <laughs> 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 but they know about the world, so maybe we can't do that. So, that would have to be saltwater croc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess otherwise they wouldn't uh, uh, be in the and same place. crocs aren't gators, so- No, I know. I know. I am aware. All right. So, okay. Let's stick- That's fine. 
I just, I really just wanted to make that pun, so I don't care about putting it in the story. Uh, <laughs> so it's the world of fish and and undersea creatures. They don't know, really know anything about above the water. How deep sea are these fish? Um. Okay, okay, okay. It's based around the Great Barrier Reef. Okay. And in this in this world, you as as a litigator are basically going up against these other companies or schools of fish that um okay. you believe that they're they're the ones that are causing this huge bleaching event. Okay. Yep. And so this ends up being like the Great Barrier Reef versus humanity. <laughs> yeah, and basically it's sort of like you know, they, the whole thing is just filing lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, sort of thing. So against against um, all these all these different companies, basically the all, th- all threatening them the same thing, and you know, sort of like going through and uh, doing all these court cases against these companies, fish companies, fish companies, until okay. finally you find out in the third act that like there's actual people who who are, who are living up above the land and they're the ones that are sort of doing it and i think the final case is you as a fish you know trying to take your um your case to the to the land courts <laughs> i do love this like f- this this final dramatic scene where everyone's like well there's nothing we can do about it like they're up there we're down here and and this this soul soul <laughs> out of nowhere this this Scientist comes out and goes, well, I've worked out this fishbowl fishbowl robot. (laughs) No, no, no. I was going to say, this great dramatic thing where this fish, like, beaches itself because it's like, no, I'm going to do it. It's got its, like, brief under its fin. It's just going to take to the human courts. It's just, like, jumps up and back into the water and jumps up and back into the water and finally, like, makes its way up onto land. It's there flopping away. And, uh, and it's, but like, and then it cuts to black. That's the end. Like, you don't know if it happens or not. It's just this final, like, <laughs> it's this final, you know, desperate moment. And this whole game is totally just, you know, a, a, a climate change allegory. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, what's the gameplay? It's just like signing documents. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what I do think they use? Underwater to like squidding on seaweed, um, seaweed or shells or something like that. Okay, just wanted to make sure you thought it through. Yeah, <laughs> three, two, one, click. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I got nothing else. That's fine. Portability, Marvel. And yeah, my choice. Oh yeah. Um, right. Yours is more Marvel. Mine was portability. And the thing that we're going to bring through is choking. Okay. Yeah, I kind of like the idea. Or or suffocating as as it were. Suffocating. Yeah. All right. All right. Marvel portability and suffocating. Okay, with suffocating and portability, mm. I'm sort of seeing that 
this is a world that's gone through like a lot of lot of sort of changes over over the time. Yeah. And the air outside is now toxic to um okay to humans. And yep. so you've got it like a portable air mask sort of thing that you can you can yep. go outside for small amounts of time, but the radiation and all this other sort of stuff is mm-hmm. kind of damaging. Mm-hmm. I like that mechanic. So therefore, you know, you you can only only be seeing the outside world for a very small amount of time, and it's it's all about it's ever since you you were a kid, you've sort of marvelled at this whole idea about the eye outside and the sun and. And these things that you've yeah, been taught think, as a kid. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm I'm kind of picturing this as um, a bit of a roguelike survival kind yeah. of game. Almost a bit of the Flame of the Flood or something like that, but- Yeah, kind of yeah, procedurally. Kind of, <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's procedurally generated. You're making your way from safety zone to safety zone, basically, whether it's a, a sealed off building or an underground bunker or whatever, a car, you know- just something where you can, where you don't have to wear this mask, or where you can find, uh, you know, new new oxygen tanks and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mostly desolate, but obviously you run into you know pockets of, of survivors and things. Yep, yep, yep. Is it party based? Maybe even like small, like max three. But I'm just yeah. sort of yeah, that could work. I mean, I already know what my twist is going to be because of course okay, I've well, got a twist. Yeah, let's let's work up to it. Yep. So yeah, because because I really I like that idea of the whole you know limited time out out in uh, out in this this toxic mist, toxic clouds. Mm-hmm. We'd have to we'd have to make sure that safe zones aren't too few and far between, obviously. Uh, and yep. and you probably you know you can survive a bit. Once you completely run out of oxygen, but it's gonna it's gonna do a bit of permanent damage that takes a while to heal. Yeah, I think uh, when like when that. you're in, you've got kind of like a rebreather sort of sort of situation mm. that um you know it's got a certain amount of like filtering filtering whatever. that it can do in certain areas. You know, obviously the more dense this mist is, the worse it actually gets, and it's it's all about. You know, if you can sort of get to a safe zone, then everything you got a small little oxygen tank that can actually automatically regenerate just by just by standing in yep. the area. Um, yep. So it's kind of almost like if you if you think back to uh, Super Mario Sunshine, where you had you know the water that you could stand in and you yes. refill up your water very very quickly. Uh, the whole idea being that we don't want you to have to go and find oxygen tanks. It's more. All you got to do is if you can find a, a place that you can you that can, is free of them, get more, basically more oxygen. You've you've basically you've got a checkpoint that you can go out from now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea of different densities of the mist then, because basically your rebreather is taking oxygen from the air and filtering out the mist. Yeah. And so the less mist, the faster it can do that. And so it, at at some point, if you're in some mist. Like, you can be in a little bit of mist with this thing and then there's an equilibrium, right? Like, you're not losing any, you're not gaining any. Uh, and so, yeah, to re- to refresh, you need to find those sort of rarer areas that are sealed off from the mist. Yeah. So, I'm picturing that you're in, like, this massive sort of uh, city with these futuristic-y cars. Yeah. You know, kind of abandoned and all this sort of stuff. Maybe you see some skeletons in, in the- sitting in-, in 
the middle of um, some of these cars and traffic and all that sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like this real, you know, I am legend style. Yeah. Sign of almost desolation, but there, there's occasional survivors that you come across. Yeah. Leading up to sort of like where where you're actually trying to get to is I'm thinking that it's either your son or daughter or so, something like that who is actually rather sick and you're, you're trying to get like medication for them. You need to go out and, and find it. That's sort of like your MacGuffin that you're going out for. Yeah. But leading up to the actual twist that your your character has always sort of known, but we haven't known, is that yes. you're not on Earth. Like this is okay. this is a this is a world that they've terraformed, but something uh, okay. went wrong in the terraforming that actually That's caused cool. caused basically this mist to actually get released from the center of the earth, sort of thing. Oh, I, I love that of idea planet. of. Well, I I feel like what it is is that the mist is naturally occurring on the planet. Yeah, and and maybe it maybe it lasts for X number of years, and it's like every every hundred years is like this. It, there's a hundred years without, and then five hundred years of the mist, and then something like that. Like it's a yeah, and so humans happened to land there when it wasn't there. Yeah. Well, and, well, but I just I kind of like this idea of you know the standard kind of terraforming things is like you know big domes, right? Big domed cities. But this dome is so big, it, you know, you, you, unless you're right at the edge, you don't realize. And so I like this idea of yeah, marveling of oh, one day I'll see the sun. Yeah. And that there's a moment where you reach this jagged edge of of this terraform dome. And you see, like, 30 other domes just out there. Yeah, and, well, and you look up at the sky and you see, like- It's purple. A, you know, a different- Yeah, different colored sky, different- Sort of a different uh, huge sun. Purple you know, purple sky, a, red like sun. Like a blue- Yeah, or like a, a cold red sun or a hotter- Yeah, whatever, right? Like- Yeah. And that's kind of your reveal moment. And yeah, the the the- your character isn't surprised. Yeah. But then they say something like, yeah, every ever since us humans <laughs> terraformed this planet and failed miserably, and the player's like, what? You didn't tell me that six hours ago? But, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a massive twist, but it's, it's just enough to sort of say, look, this is the reason why this, why this yeah. myth exists in the world, because it's alien. Like, yeah. it's- Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I like that because you can have people throughout the world, you know, people you meet, they're like, oh, this fucking mist, like it ruined everything, you know, our, our wonderful cities, but without yeah. specifically, you know, because uh, I think it's been, you know, a hundred years since humans oh, yeah. colonized, you yeah. know, and it, they're settled there. Your, your, your entire life, all you've known is, yeah. is the mist. Yeah. You're like third generation. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of like the idea of, you know, your grand- your grandfather on his deathbed telling you stories about when he was a kid and running through the fields and all this sort of stuff and just mm. giving little hints throughout the throughout the the game that things you know aren't quite right yeah yeah but then yeah the player will just put that down to well yeah because you know this, this is this mysterious future, mist sort of came and yeah and yeah. it's the future and yeah, yeah. Uh, i like that that's 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 a really interesting little little take on that. And then, yeah, the, you know, the gameplay itself. I like that idea of a party-based survival, uh, kind of action survival, yeah. I guess. You know, you'd come across creatures. Well, I like that as well. You come across sort of creatures you assume are mutated versions of Earth creatures or something. Yeah. But, but in reality, they're, they're, just just, they're just native fauna. <laughs> yeah. 
native fauna and flora that, you know, is just quite deadly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just so, overtaking your city, taking your city back, basically. So, I'm thinking that, you know, you start kind of dead center in, in the dome and you've got yeah maybe, you know, like a, a five kilometers to the edge sort of thing um, in the city that, you know, you can sort of head out and you can- I remember there was a game that we did a, a while ago, I can't remember, it was sort of like a, a snow-based game in which you sort of would go out a little bit further each time to try and see if you could find something else, because obviously yeah. if you went too far, then, you know, you you basically- You passed the, you pass the point of return. Yeah. With it being a roguelike and, and that sort of stuff, I like the idea of, yeah, the, the intro video you can sort of skip, and, you yeah. know, the intro video sort of sets up your sets story. And, yeah. And then from then on, it's basically how far can you get it to the edge? Can you, yeah, can you yeah, find the, yeah, um, yeah. can you find the thing this time? And then you can set a higher difficulty that you're, you're now, okay, there's certain ways through this maze, as it were. Yeah. Well, and I like the idea of that sort of going out on expeditions and coming back because, yeah, you've got your sick kid yeah. and you're having to keep them alive. And so you have to go out and, and find things and craft things. To, to get the right, you know, medicine or uh, healing healing stuff, but also obviously at the same time, you I'm, I'm almost almost picturing even a bit of Subnautica where you start crafting things that let you go further, right? Yeah. Because um, Subnautica is a bit like that. You kind of go off because you know during the day or whatever you need to find stuff, and then you're running out of oxygen and you're run, or your inventory's filling up, so you go back to your home base kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of loop to it. That, yeah, lets you go further and further. Maybe you even eventually get vehicles or you, like, clear paths or something so that you can take vehicles through. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you eventually reach the outer uh, the outer edge of this dome. And that's kind of your, your win condition. Yeah. And the, the idea about that, you know, you can find, you know, upgraded versions of, of rebreathers at different different areas that basically say, if you find one of these random rebreathers, then you can now- Go through thicker, thicker fog earlier, like than yeah. what you could. Yeah, they're basically more efficient, find. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of cool random, random events, and and then different, different craftables. That yeah, again, you're gonna. It's all based on the procedural generation of of the area to be able to find certain types of uh, materials that that let you basically have different options for. Or I'm going to focus on more efficient rebreathers, or I'm going to focus on you know, clearing a path for vehicles or I'm going to focus on, you know, maybe you can even get your your child um, well enough to, to come with you or something, you know, yeah. so that- I'm going to focus this time on killing back. as much um, local fauna as possible because, you know, I can craft new weapons because of it and- Yeah, yeah, better weaponry and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm picturing that- if if I if I think about like binding of Isaac and that sort of stuff, like mm -hmm. there's a reason why people keep going back to to playing that because there's just this random element that um, you can't oh, really see everything that you, there is to see in the game in one hit. Well, and just the challenge of it then too, right? Like because it's procedurally generated, if you want more of a challenge, you make it a bigger dome, right? You, they've got further to travel or something, yep. or you switch up the. Uh, the you know the frequency of the, the sort of biomes as it were like the different areas of the city that are gonna yeah be more likely to have different types of resources and stuff kind of thinking if if you were to look at say Melbourne you've got you know sort of like a, a mall sort of area that you can walk through yeah then you've got like a high rise area and then you've got 
you know, sort of like back alleys and then you've got Chinatown sort of yeah, exactly. ideas. Yeah. But they're, they're different biomes, as it were. Yeah, they're still, it's still a city. Yeah. But it's different types of buildings and you're going to find different, re- you know, you've got like an industrial section, so you're more likely to find certain types of chemicals and things that you might need for, you know, medical supplies or, or whatever. But, yeah, the idea of it being sort of a little bit more randomised than what Subnautica is, which is just- they kind of randomise your your start location, but that's about yeah. it. The whole map yeah. is always the no, same. No, no, I think this is- This is more about there's a grid sort of thing of the city, and you can have random buildings on each sort of block. Well, and it, it doesn't- it, you know, there, there are plenty of ways to, to randomly generate a city like yeah. that, particularly if you're not too worried about realism of, of how people would move around and stuff. Like, yeah. I think you could pretty, pretty easily generate- uh, a series of streets that, yeah, like they'd probably be mostly grid-like in the middle, but then they might sort of start meandering in different ways. Yeah. But but the good thing is, because of the mist, you can actually, you know, stop them from going down certain directions that they may want mm. to actually go. Because yeah. you just randomly put in the mist. It's like, well, you're not going this way this time. Yeah, well, that's it. Then you kind of overlay this level of mist density over your whole map. Yep. That'd be really fun to, to work on that procedural generation stuff, actually, to come up with those things. <laughs> it would be. That'd be cool. Cool. All right. Click again. Yeah. Just because I was having fun with it, I think we bring in procedural generation. Yep. My word is panorama. And my word is us, which I'm going to take it as Ben and Trevor. (laughs) I don't think we've ever made a game specifically about ourselves. That's cool. Yep. Okay. Is this the quest for the ultimate selfie? (laughs) (laughs) all right so what it is we we want the ultimate panoramic selfie at the top of this mountain it's mount defiance oh nice nice (laughs) you you brought in (laughs) that was not a good thing anyway We and so it's. I think it's maybe like a co-op platformer kind of thing, like platform puzzler or something. Oh, yeah. um, I like that. Again, procedurally generated. We're trying to make our way up the sides of Mount Defiance, and yeah, it's sort of you. You need to help each other at certain points. You need to maybe a bit of reverse spelunky in a way. You know what I mean? Then that you start down the bottom of each level and you're going up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you. I like got- that. You've got, you know, the procedural generation will obviously make it so that there is a way to get up there. Yep. But you can fuck it up. You can totally, like, use one of your tools, whatever you've got to, to you know, ha- have some ledge break and now you can no longer make it. And so, you've got to find other ways to get up there. Okay. Utilizing other resources or something. So, I'm, I'm seeing that um, at the start of the game, uh, Ben and Trevor- because this is this is a one of those sort of like you have to actually play it cooperative. Yeah, I think Ben, because you are actually taller than I am. Yeah, that maybe yeah. you can jump and, and reach up to things a little bit higher. But yeah. um, I remember things a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you're to- more agile as well because you've got yeah, the dance because you've got the dancer and also got the fighting background because they've got like yeah. The martial arts. So, falling so, rocks, you know, you're more likely to be able to get out of the way. Of but I think you're stronger. So, that's where you've sort right. of got, like, um, different different sort of moves for, for each sort of 
each sort of character. Yeah. What I'm thinking, though, is that we sort of, instead of it being on the outside of Mount Defiance, we're actually inside Mount Defiance. That is kind of like well, maybe, Spelunky oh, going like- through caves and that sort of stuff. You're trying to make okay. your way up through a large set of caves, basically, to go up the mountain. Well, I think, can we, again, similar to Spelunky, where you have sort of the different um, themed levels as you get as you get through levels, yep. you start on the outside. Kind of like Celeste as well. Yeah. But you start on the outside and you're, you know, climbing ledges and stuff. Yep. This sort of standard kind of, yeah, mountain climbing kind of things. And then, yeah, you find a cave after level four or whatever. And now you're inside and there's fucking streams of lava and. <laughs> streams of lava and. Falling rocks and. Falling rocks, and yep. More rocks. Uh, and. There's kind of like this this section where you sort of you you reach sort of like this this peak and then all of a sudden you're coming down again, you know, kind yeah. of. It, for those people who have actually listened to the song Man Defiance, there's sort of like this <laughs> this bicycle <laughs> section in the middle. It kind of feels like you're, yes. you're sort of going up and up and up and up and up, and then just sort of comes down. Definitely the other have side. to have the bicycle section. There's just a segment. It's like after level eight. It's like a short mini game segment where you're you're both on a two-seater bicycle <laughs> and bicycle made you have to you have to cooperate <laughs> to like balance and stuff yeah as you like <laughs> down the hill oh god that's awesome hopefully that's not too in jokey go and listen to the song and you'll find the bicycle yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then, yeah i think it's just you know may- maybe that can even be you know after you've taken the panorama now you're sort of heading down Again, right? Like this is heading down, down the yeah. um, yeah, down the mountain as, as a, like the final, the final sort of, sort of fun thing is the credits roll. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that, and I'm, and I'm picturing the sorts of moves you've got. Uh, I feel like it's it's pretty cartoonish, so I'm almost picturing you can set up like uh, levers, like seesaw kind of things, where you know one person jumps on the other side, and if they jump from high enough, they can. Yeah, so so Trevor has yep. to jump on one side to throw Ben up because he's a bit taller. He's going to be able to reach that ledge, pull himself up, and drop down a rope or whatever. You know, yeah, uh, this sort of thing. Um, swinging, you know, some swinging puzzles, some pushing block puzzles. Again, you know, Ben being uh, being stronger and or yeah, dodging puzzles that Trevor has to to get through. Uh, um, you know, falling falling rock sections and stuff. Yep. You know I so want to make this game. I, I mean, I want to make all the games we talk about. Yeah, but this, this one, this one just feels like it'd be <laughs> so doable. much fun and <laughs> and doable with with the whole idea of you know procedural generation again. Like, yes, yeah. um, I can just see literally using Mount Defiance as like the backing music, and it yeah, just definitely. gradually it gradually builds as it goes into each part of the level. So we just sort of take a certain part of the music and just loop it yeah well and, and it's it's an instrumental so it works well for that yep. yeah and Love you know it. it's it you sort of get the the building and then i think just before just before the cave maybe even in level two or level three you have a storm and that's where the yeah where the classic oh, that's why you want to yeah. in. that's why you want to go into the music. cave as well yep. yeah you want to go into the cave to, to you know get away from that and then yeah, I just I yeah. really like this idea, and the, the fact that the word "us" came up is just perfect. 
All right. Well, you know what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to just lay Mount Defiance under that whole game so people listening can hear exactly what we're talking about and this won't be as in-jokey as it could be otherwise. So here we go. We're going down the hill. Uh, But we'll be right back after the hill (laughs) with one final game. Um, morality. Swipe. Oh, shit. Oh, I need what to, are we taking? I need to find something from the previous bloody game. Yeah. Uh, morality and swipe. Bicycling down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, oh, all right. This is Dora the Explorer tackles the trolley problem. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe or no swiping. But if I swipe, if I don't swipe, then the the bike coming down the hill is going to hit one uh, five people. Jesus Christ! But if I um... swipe it, it'll only kill one. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Adora themed philosophical. Yeah, totally. Dilemma. Oh God! (laughs) Hey kids, this is how we're going to teach you the trolley problem. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's basically um it's what's his name in uh the good place teaching uh Eleanor uh philosophy, but it's Dora and uh And Boots, boots and Swiper. And, and Swiper <laughs> <laughs> As you're going down, like I'm picturing that you know, you're on top of the hill and there's all these different paths and depending on how you choose at the start depends on, you know, what path are you actually going to go down? Um, it's just like a it? series of trolley problems. Yeah, it's a series of trolley problems. <laughs> <laughs> the first one that you come across is that goddamn map, um, which I want to fucking kill. The map. I'm 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 the map. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, map. Yeah. See, the second that you put the map in, I've already chosen. You know. <laughs> Killed it, Matt. Um, and and on the other side, you got like Diego or something like that. So you can choose to either kill the annoying map or Diego, right? But it also still comes down to like you're always making a choice, right? Like the whole thing with the trolley problem is: do you you know do something out of inaction or do something via you know direct action? Um, yeah. So they have to kind of walk onto the tracks, right? You know. W- by the time you can't stop, and now it's like, okay, here's my choice: in action or action. Okay, the whole thing is Dora How looking do I at the camera, give value going to these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Before each, before each decision, it's like. You know, how do you, you know, how do you want to do this? And just staring into the camera. Just staring into the camera unblinkingly. Um, go, go listen to like episode four or whatever of, um, two story days to get that. 
Oh man, the end of this just, episode. Just, just underneath, jerky. right now, Ben's going to put the entire Two Sweary Dads episode. Oh god, episode. no. But, no, no. Just okay, go to podchaser.com um, slash Two Sweary Dads and find it. Just search yeah. for Dora. Yeah, so she's she's looking at the camera going, which way do I go? Well, yeah, and there's <laughs> silence. Blink, blink. As it's getting closer, you just see Diego screaming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you swipe, don't make a choice- Swipe, swipe, <laughs> then Swiper shows up and- Swiper, no swiping. Anyway. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. I want to kill Diego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That's enough weird- st- I think let's do one more because that was fucking weird and crazy. And insane. Yep. And, and horrifying. Three, two, one, click. Right. Yeah. Future. What was it? Future. Future. Cut. And what is our thing from the trolley problem game that you want to keep? Oh, God. Looking into the camera, I'm blinkingly. (laughs) Well, maybe like, maybe fourth wall breaking in that way. Like maybe talking to the player. Okay. Yep. Because that could be kind of interesting. Future cut. And and some sort of cutscene from to Back the to the Future, <laughs> <laughs> or or it's like a um, it's a surgeon simulator style game, but it's set in like cyberpunk yeah, twenty sort of twenty seven sixty three, yeah, yeah, and it's all about the body modifications <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But you you oh, see literally all the you know you you're seeing literally the cuts that you're doing, and you're talking to the camera as if you're actually um. You know, performing these things as almost like a tutorial. Wait, your character's talking to the camera? Yeah. As in, it's like- Right. You're, you're a doctor and, and you're um, you're filming all the scenes for, for like, the tutorial <laughs> series on, on how to do these- how to do So, these I'm trying to picture- So, are you- Is the camera, like, from opposite your character- then, like, pointing at your character from across the, the table, basically, the body. Yep. So, your character kind of looks up at the camera and talks to you, and then you're controlling each hand in some way. Yeah. That's, like, down on the body. All right. I, I'm literally just talking out of my ass here. You can, oh, you it's can fine. change it no. any time you want. Well, I'm trying to think this could be a fun, goofy kind of- I, I love the idea that- no matter how you fuck up, the character, the doctor character, just um, treats it as if that's what they're meant to do. <laughs> kind of giving a so running like, commentary of, yes, exactly. Yeah. You- it's like, next, slice off three fingers and <laughs> let the blood splurt all, o- splurt all over the floor. Don't worry about- Oh, no, actually, yes, let's cauterize it. <laughs> <laughs> just a running commentary of of all the different stupid things that are going on. That are, um, that are happening, exactly. As, as if it's exactly what they're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Make an incision <laughs> in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Make an incision in the brain. Deep in the brain. Deep, deep, deep in the brain. <laughs> so deep. Yep. That you've that you've literally cut nine, huh? <laughs> and there you have it. You have killed another patient. Now, for our next tutorial. <laughs> with your laser scalpel. <laughs> with your with your laser scalpel, cut off your own finger. <laughs> now, nurse <laughs> sutures 
sew your finger back on so you can continue. <laughs> this is all a necessary part of in- installing an artificial heart in, in this patient. <laughs> well, it's all body modifications. So it's like ha- how, to in- how to install like a, um, like a digital monitor showing, showing, you know, the beats per how minute and that sort are. of stuff. And yeah, <laughs> I was watching a, um, a video earlier today that had like all these stupid graphic um, like these LCD displays on like your power supply and all this sort of stuff. Right. And it's like, why? <laughs> but it works perfectly for body modifications because Totally, totally. You have you have a screen on the back of your head showing like what's in what's in your thoughts right now. Yeah, it's just like one of those scrolling, you know, um advertisement things. Yeah. And it's just Well, it's not what's in your head, it's just some sort of you know, uh, for the people who are walking behind you, it's like entertaining or something, or it like gives you a sense of who. <laughs> I'm missing out on the latest Simpsons episode, season 300. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I like that though. I like, uh, and I was kind of picturing the the movements being like almost controlling, like picking up each hand. With the mouse, in a way, like, you sort of pick and drag a hand and it stays where you leave it. Um, and so, depending on what tool, you know, so it's not Surgeon Simulator in the way of y- your hand, your mouse is directly controlling the hand and you have to press keys for the fingers. It's, you know, put the hand over here to grab the scalpel and then, you know, press a different button to, like, close the hand and then click and drag the hand back over here. But, of course, everything's physically simulated. So, if you don't... You know, if you don't kind of lift a hand up enough, it's just going to knock over the whole table, and mm-hmm. and the doctor will be yeah, the doctor will be like, push the table to the ground. <laughs> Ask your nurse to pick everything back up. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of creepy. I reckon we can hold it there and leave it. There. I like, I like it, I like it. That's fine. All right, yes, I think we will end it there this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find the rest of our episodes and all sorts of other stuff online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Uh, you can, you can check that out. You can, uh, see all our previous episodes. As I said, you can go to our creative profiles and, and see the shows we've been guesting on. Uh, and actually, you know what? I've just decided right this second, cause we currently have a, early access to our social feed going on. And so if you go to podchaser.com and put Bitstorm, all one word, into the uh, the front page the, to redeem your key, if you're one of the first 15 people to do that, you will get access. Awesome. You'll have to beat me. And given that I got this code two weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> you won't have beaten me even though I've already got access because Ben already gave it to me of course <laughs> we are also part of the 8-bit network the 8-bit collective and this is a group of podcasts and we just kind of all like each other we hang out together sometimes it's cool go check them out at 8bit.net uh, or our page at 8bit.net slash bitstorm and uh, yeah they're rad mm-hmm uh, coming up is PAX, and we're going to be there. So, if you want to hang out, like, at let any time, know. just let <laughs> us know. Let us know on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, <laughs> at BitStormCast. We never give our, our social media plugs. So, let's not start now. 
<laughs> they're all on Podchaser. Podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. They're all yeah. there. Okay. We'd also like you to check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They'll be at PAX doing party mode again this year. So I recommend that you get along to that. Absolutely. If you can't get along, then just watch on the, like, the PAX Twitch channels. Um, so right. AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, awesome group of podcasters, all just want to help each other. Uh, we don't, no one makes any money out of it. It's more just a, a group of like-minded individuals who just want to help each other. So search for that on, on Facebook and Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right, which featured for the first time in a game this week. Yay! So, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. So, little Timmy, I'm sorry, but I wasn't able to find the medication. Because I couldn't be fucked going out in the mist. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the mist! <laughs> This is like a procedural mountain that we're climbing. We're like, we want to get a panoramic selfie at the top of Mount Bitstorm. <laughs> Mount Defiance. Just, it was right there, dude. What, what, what did you say? Mount Defiance. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yes. We cut, want to get- <laughs> cut, cut it out and say Mount Defiance. All right. <laughs> so, we want to get- Wait, let me do it, because I am going to cut that out. You can cut it out. You can cut it out as long as you put this conversation at the end saying that you totally fucked this up. I'll put something- <laughs> Yes, I'll, I'll put a, a version of this conversation at the end.